Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It is World AIDS Day 2013. We are sharing our stories from across the world um, as we reflect back on those who we've lost, those who are living with HIV and AIDS, and we talk about strategies moving forward. Um, I am proud to join in with Robert Brining. My name is Aaron Laxton, and we will be joined by the fabulous Mark King. If you want to participate in the conversation tonight, you may do so at 347-215-9442. You may also follow along on social media and at pauseim.org. How are you doing, Robert? I am fabulous. I am great. Happy World AIDS Day. Happy World AIDS Day. It's, uh, we chose to go with something a little bit more reflective of, uh, of the night. If you are not aware, today is uh, World AIDS Day. Uh, it's set uh, each December 1st. Um, and it's been about 25 years since we had the first World AIDS Day. Um, and so I know for each person it's a little bit different, uh, whether you reflect in a private manner, if you go out and attend events, um, I know that you actually went and saw some quilts today. Isn't that right, Robert? Yes, um, that was one of the things that I was able to do um, on World AIDS Day in Philadelphia. There wasn't too many events actually going on. Um, to a shock, you know, it was a shock to me because Philadelphia is a big city, and I would expect there's lots of us living with HIV here, and lots of ASOs, you know, organizations that usually are supportive of this day, and it seems that. They really let us down. I felt like in Philadelphia there was nothing for me to do except for to go see the quilt, which is something, you know, I always never, I mean, I never pass out the opportunity to go see the quilt because there are stories of people who, who, who have gone through this before us and, and it's, it's to honor those. So I, I always go and reflect at the quilt. And it was just upsetting that that's all that they had today for us in Philly. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've been following along on social media. Uh, for those of you who are on social media, if you use hashtag WAD2013 or hashtag WAD, that really keeps you in the conversation. But, you know, I, I made the observation that, that these dwindling events um, across the United States are really, um, you know, I, I think it really shows where we are in our culture that many, certainly not all, but many feel as if HIV and AIDS is no longer an issue. And here in St. Louis today, we had no event. We have an event next Sunday, but... It was very disheartening uh, to not see any events going on. Yeah, well, some of the people, there is actually an event that is going on in Philly, so I should say there isn't any, but the event is actually going on this evening. And I was all gung-ho to go to this event. A friend of mine who is a drive queen here in Philly called Cherry Pop is hosting an event called Code Red at um, a club called Boyer. And it was from 7 to 11 this evening. And I was all, like I said, gung-ho to go, and then I forgot, wait a minute, you know, the radio show is during that time, and I'm not going to be able to broadcast live from a club. So, you know, I just wanted to thank, you know, Cherry Pop, a.k.a. Michael, for actually putting the event on, hosting the event there at Boyer, and actually bringing, you know, the conversation back to the forefront because no one else in 
Philadelphia is doing it today. So it was kind of upsetting. But I'm, I'm glad that he was actually, you know, putting himself out there and doing it. So good for him. Yeah, you know, I know there's different events going all over the United States. Uh, we know that there's viewings of uh, multiple documentaries, whether it's How to Survive a Plague or We Were Here. Um, and certainly um, there are events going on. So we want to, you know, just if you organize an event, we would love to, to hear what you did, what the turnout was. Um, what was your Thanksgiving like, Robert? What was what? I'm sorry? Your Thanksgiving. How was my Thanksgiving like? was actually really well. Um, I got to spend it with my family, so I thought, you know, that's what Thanksgiving is about, spending it with your, the people you love, and that happens to be my family. Yeah. Did you eat a lot of food? How was yours? Did I eat a lot? It yeah. was good. It, it was good. We had a client dinner. Um, as most people know, I do uh, case management for guys coming out of prison, so um, many of them don't have the family connection. So every year we do a, uh, a Thanksgiving uh, dinner for them. And then, uh, uh, so, you know, went um, uh, to Philip's family um, for um, the day after Thanksgiving. So that was, that was nice. And then then watch a lot of college football. So that's my big side <laughs> coming out. But I did go Black Friday shopping. No, I absolutely refused. I, I boycotted it. Now it's a tradition that me and my sister Desiree do every year and you know, this year kind of stunk because usually we go out and there's bargains at, at midnight and then again at 2 o'clock in the morning and then again at 5 a.m. at Walmart. And it just seemed like everything they pushed so far ahead that everything went on sale at 6 and 8 o'clock on Thanksgiving. So by the time we got there, it was kind of pointless. I mean, I, I didn't need to buy anything for anyone, but it just took the fun out of it because it was, it was fun to wait in line for, you know, this TV that was on sale for three hours and, and talking to a stranger. You know what I mean? And just, you no, know, it was fun for us, and it was kind of sucky this year, so I was disappointed in Black Friday. Yeah. But I was actually at the mall. If you actually saw online, there was the mall that actually I used to work in is called Franklin Mills Mall, and it's in our area here. It's my local mall. And that's where the girls were tasering each other and fighting. Did you happen to catch that online or in the news? Yeah, I, I, I did. It was actually <laughs> funny. Uh, I, uh, there was a, a, a meme on Facebook, and it said there were more people injured or killed during Black Friday shopping than at Benghazi. So I thought that was pretty wow. an interesting view on it. It's crazy. But a it lot is. of people don't go out like you don't, and they wait for tomorrow, which is Cyber Monday, where all the deals are on the line. Yeah, I, Will you know, be shopping? I've never, you know, I might do some, some online shopping, uh, but uh, other than that, I can't, uh, I can't in good conscience do like the Black Friday thing. Um, it, it's just not my thing. Right. I, I, I don't blame you. Actually, we have a, uh, oh, I guess we don't. Is that you, Aaron? I guess some. I, I uh, switch phones. Yeah, I switch phones. Okay, I thought we had a caller for a second. I was like, okay, but that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that was seamless right there. That was seamless. That was beautiful until I said it. Um. <laughs> That's all right. You know, for me, the whole thing about the holidays that's very challenging is as a person living with HIV, and, you know, I, I guess I'm always kind of like the Debbie Downer. Um, uh-huh. I, I just am very cognizant of the fact that there are people during Thanksgiving and during Christmas that, Due to HIV, due to AIDS, 
they completely feel isolated and ostracized from from their communities and from their families. And I, I don't know, I just try to always be very reflective of that. And I think some people might forget that, you know, that that's actually the case for people. Yeah. But... My dog. What was that? No, I'm sorry. I think I was cutting in and out. Yeah, it cut in a little bit. Um, so I'm actually really excited to talk to Mark. I've only talked with him, uh, I, I believe, one time, uh, and that was at the International AIDS Conference last um, July uh, when we were all in D.C. And, of course, I'm a huge fan of all of his work. Um, he is just one of my heroes. I, we talk about Peter Staley being a huge hero, um, but Mark um, – and I can say it now before he gets online because I don't want to like puff up his head or anything. But <laughs> he he's that. really one of these guys that we, you know, you and I were talking before we started the show. We have a lot of similarities. Yeah. And 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 so I just that's really comforting to know that there are people out there that that kind of know, you know, if I talk about having a rough day for this or for that, whether it's addiction or whatever. Um, that they know what I'm talking about. Because sometimes it's hard for people who don't, who've never went through those things to actually understand. Right, because when you're, when you're newly exposed to these, these things, whether it's the, the realization of you being gay or you're just testing positive or you like dealing with addiction and going into recovery at the beginning, it's a shocker and you think that you're a unicorn, that there's nobody else out there like you. And it's, it's funny that me and you have crossed paths to me and Mark because, you know, we have these things in common. You know, it, it runs across all three of our stories, and we do things differently in the, in, the, in the world of activism. But Mark has always been, you know, he's a fellow blogger at thebody.com with us, and, and he's always been somebody who I've looked up to, and I've always wanted to be more like. He has the it factor, the, the, the thing that makes you laugh and makes you want to watch and stay tuned. Um, I, I can't explain it. Like, watching his videos, he brings humor to HIV, and a lot of people um, – take it so seriously. You know, he's serious in his message, but in the way that he may bring it across to you or, or explain it to you, he may have humor in it, which is what we need because sometimes we take everything so seriously that we forget to lighten up and laugh a little bit. Blog, MyFabulousDisease.com or MarkSKing.com, um, it, it does that. It, it kind of breaks it up and allows you to enjoy life by going through his experience or, or reading what he, he, he's doing, you know, this time around because he always has something going on. He does. He, um, you know, for those of you, uh, the listeners who don't know, he's an award-winning columnist, um, and he his blogs can be viewed pretty much on any publication or or website. Um, he's a blogger and AIDS activist, um, and he's been involved with the AIDS movement um, since uh, he was tested positive in 1985. And um, you know, he really draws inspiration from places where most of us would probably look at it and, you know, scratch our head. And some listeners might have heard, you know, he's written articles such as, what was it, your mom barebacked or, or what was <laughs> it? It was I so funny. I the name of it, but um, he, I know he's going to kill us for not knowing the name of it, but I can't think like um, your mom like bareback too or, or something like that. He'll, he'll tell us when he comes on, but I mean, he's, he's not amazing. He'll, he'll, he's even yeah. He, 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 he can kick my butt whenever he comes on. Yeah, he will. Um, our butts, actually, because we both forgot exactly the specific name. But he also has his own book out, a memoir called A Place Like This. That is awesome. I, I have the book. 
I've read it. He he is just I, I can't explain it that he is I've heard him speak many times and, and I've heard him speak about different things and the way that just his delivery and and he's meant for television and, and he knows it. I mean he started out on television doing commercials, I believe, for McDonalds or something like that. So I mean, this this man knows what he's doing. He's he's awesome. So I would like to remind the listeners, um, we are taking all of your calls tonight. Uh, you may call in to participate in the conversation at 347-215-9442, or please follow along on social media. Um, uh, you can catch myself or Robert both, Robert's Positive Pitch on Twitter. I'm Aaron Laxon on Twitter. Um, we are monitoring Twitter as we have this conversation tonight. Really, we want to hear... Um, uh, about what's going on um, in your community, what's going on in your diagnosis. And um, your stories are really what makes Paz I Am what it is, that we live off of each other's successes and failures and everything in between. So I'm excited to hear what uh, Mark has been up to. And um, please call in with your questions or comments, 347215. Nine four four two. Amen to that. So um, I, I think Mark is actually on the line now. So um, we have a little uh, intro for our friends. Uh, do you have that lined up? Yeah. I mean, this is completely fitting, and uh, we'll play this, and we'll bring Mark on. Here we go. Right, we heard back here. You're listening to Pause Radio. I'm Robert Briney, joined by my co-host Aaron Laxton. And this evening, we're going to be speaking with the fabulous man, um, Marcus King. You can go to his website, MarcusKing.com. Um, Mark is our friend and fellow activist, and uh, you know he's fabulous, just like his disease. Mark King, welcome to the show. Is he not on? So much and for that musical intro. You know, uh, with, with some drag queen singing, I am your fantasy. I, I really appreciate that because I really think that sets the stage for my appearance more than anything. Well, well you know, we've been following the the conversation between our friends uh, Scott McPherson and Chris over at the Sigma Project. And, and World AIDS Day, as we know, um, we know for you it draws a special place because it's very similar to Halloween. Is that correct? 
<laughs> uh, yes, yeah, you know, as I like to say, World AIDS Day makes me feel like a professional drag queen having to contend with Halloween. You know, it's amateur night, you know, but, but on the other hand, I'm so thrilled that people who would not otherwise, and we know how many there are, would other, not otherwise pay any attention to this day, um, are thinking about HIV, are making sure that they're up to date on the facts, you know, are um, getting tested, um, calling a friend, living with HIV, any of those things. So it's, it's all good. It's all good. You know, my, my question that was kind of running through my head all day, and, and I love that HIV and AIDS is getting uh, attention today. However, Paul Walker, for, you know, rest his soul, um, he trumped us out, but I'm not <laughs> angry. I'm not bitter. I'm not uh-huh, bitter. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm I'm afraid he did. I'm you know, but you know that's the nature of media. You know, that's just been, you know, we've been doing this every year for 25 years, and with any luck, this isn't the only day it's in the news. You know, there are HIV stories that are newsworthy that come out throughout the year. So it's not like this is our only shot. Oh, by the way, thank you so much for going on and on on the radio about how fabulous I am. You know, I kept thinking, well, should I call in? Well, if I do, they'll stop talking. Okay, well, I should wait. Let me do a little more of this before I call. You know, I, I felt like it, it was a, kind of a little bit like a memorial service. So I want you to dial it down and, uh, and just think of me as your pal, your HIV pal. I feel like I should have some Lever to Beaver music playing right now. I don't – whatever that would be. Maybe we should play that. Yeah, well, a little jazz, a little a bebop jazz is what I like. That's what I use I can, on my blog. I can you know, play What Would the Fox Say? I don't, you know, what would you Oh, say? God, I love this song. I, I really do, and I want to do a version for my, anyway. How are you all doing? How are, you know, how have you, first of all, Robert, I'm really impressed and I'm grateful that you sought out something to do that felt like some sort of respectful ritual today you know what and you had to seek what out you had to seek out the the uh the quilt in order to do that and i really want to tell you how much that means to me how much i think that's that that's a a real testament to your dedication i i've been going to these things since they started you know and it is 25 years and i can't really summon it much anymore you know um my boyfriend wanted to go to a candlelight today or at least he suggested it and I said, you know, I'd rather put up the tree. <laughs> you know, I'd rather put up the tree. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about people I've lost, which is certainly one of the things, main purposes for this day. And, uh, and that's important. I, I get caught between the past and the present a lot. You know, it's like every other thing I write is about the past. It's about what we went through. And then the other stuff I write pisses people off because it's about moving forward and getting out of our crisis mentality and, and looking at new forms of prevention like PrEP. And, and uh, I feel like sometimes I'm caught between those two things. And um, the word AIDS is hardly even in my vocabulary. I hear I am this so-called HIV activist, um, AIDS activist, and, and, and the word is not something I've used in a practical sense for a long time. You know, globally, certainly, um, AIDS is, but, uh, you know, in a practical sense, not so much. Not amongst me and my friends. You know, we talk about HIV. We talk about not getting HIV or not getting sick from HIV. Um, it's almost uh, an antiquated term, AIDS. 
you know, amongst those of us and our friends. It's very interesting that you say that. Uh, For our listeners who may not know, um, Mark, you put out very um, thought-provoking writing all the time. I I don't know where you draw this energy from, but you are always coming up with something new and creative and a new way to look at things. And actually, one of your latest pieces was about bludgeoning um, a a new generation with the AIDS tragedy. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, I, I guess there's that, there's that fine line, right? At how do we draw from our experiences? Um, you know, I've only been living with HIV for two, a little over two and a half years. Um, I made a video before I came on air tonight, you know. Uh, the title of it is Wake the Fuck Up. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, I think our uh, young gay men, certainly that were like me, um, it's not that they're necessarily wanting to contract HIV, but there's no fear of HIV. We've done such a great job of, of reducing stigma that the, the pendulum seemingly has swung the other way. Mm-hmm. Do you get that sense when you're out in the community that uh, there's just no fear of, of, of living with uh, HIV? We can take medic- medicine and it's, uh, it's okay. You know, I think that life is complex and it can be more than one thing at once. And, and that what, what, you know, the, the only constant in life is change. You know, there is a lot of change going on in our culture about HIV. And um, I think the piece you're talking about was stop bludgeoning young gay men with our AIDS tragedy. And, and I was trying to draw a difference between honoring the past which I certainly do. You know, I have another piece up there about, you know, once when we were heroes, about all the tragic things that happened to all of us, you know, a generation ago. And, um, but not using that as a blunt instrument to clobber young gay men saying, just look at this. Look what we went through. If only your friends had all died. Really? If only your friends had all died. Well, you know, that's not the sort of thing that I want for them. And, I, and I'm glad that people, Robert Sage, didn't witness those things, but he's smart enough to, don't mean to talk to you about you in the third person, Robert, like you're not in the room, but it's, uh, it, it, at least Robert is smart enough to, to understand what it means to honor and, and, and try to understand, uh, get a sense of that, what that history is. But I, I don't want to beat him over the head with it. I don't, I, 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 you know, that's not how I want to honor my friends, by using their, their death as some sort of prevention strategy because it doesn't work because we know that you know, uh, fear tactics, tactics don't work. And in some cases, they even cement um, risky behavior because people feel so, so even more lost when we try to you know, impose all of this tragic uh, consequences on them. They just feel even worse and, and, the, and the risky behavior continues. Um, that doesn't mean there's no solution to that. It, it, it means, you know, I've always said, I don't want to judge people. I just want to understand. I did a, I've spent a lot of years in prevention. I, it doesn't mean do any good to judge them. You've got, you got to understand why they make, we make the choices that we do so that we can understand how to, how to kind of you know, uh, counter that behavior and come up with other you know, um, options. There's absolutely stigma going on, um, Aaron. There is, there is still any, you know, anybody who has the pleasure of being on an online uh, dating site knows, you know, what that is like. Because, and, and I, you know, that's not the only place. It's just the place where it's the most obvious. Because people have to type into that damn computer 
nobody with HIV, you must be clean, you know, whatever. And so it's, it's the best example we have, you know, on my, you know, phone apps and stuff of how people really do discriminate one for another and how the level of ignorance of, well, if I just stay away from people that say that they're uh, positive, then I'll be okay. So it's that level of ignorance and it's that level of stigma that I think is still really high. I'm really blabbing now. But your, your other point was, do I think that, you know, people just think it's, you know, a manageable disease? Yes, I do, because it is. Because it is. Um, I am going to live a normal lifespan. If I still smoked, I, haven't had, I would have a bigger chance of dying from that than from HIV. That is the, the truth. And, and young gay men know it. They see it. They got eyes. They, they see that we're living and that we're prospering and that we're continuing to work and go to the gym and doing all those things. So they know it. We have to start from there. We have to start from the truth. You know, the gig is up. They know the truth. We can't keep scaring them with, you know, death and dying and morbidity. It's just not what their experience of HIV is. Um, and, and, and start from there. Use that as the, as the jumping off point. <laughs> I totally I totally agree with you, Mark, because a lot of uh, the younger generation do feel like that they are, uh, when they are reminded or told history, they feel like they're being kind of like scared into, you know, straightening up or, or scared into, uh, you know, paying attention to their sexual behavior. And the young group of guys that I've actually met at the support group here in Philly that I, I still am in contact with, you know, they felt that they were always, you know, were, were placed in that sort of that fear uh, or, or that mm-hmm. fear was put on them, you know, kind of to scare them out of it. When it doesn't have to be like that, you can we can educate people and let them know how far we have come without, I think, putting that fear, you know, yeah. in their eye. Well, because there's lots of good reasons not to get HIV. You don't have to go straight to the whole de- death thing, <laughs> you know. You don't right. have to jump that over there. How about you know, uh, no, don't buy those jeans. You're going to need that for your copay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, how about just simple practical reasons now? That may, you know, the genes or the copay may not be in their head when um, uh, they are in the midst of having sex. They may not be thinking of either of those things. And it's for that reason that there's other options that we should be, you know, encouraging, such as PrEP, such as serosorting or seropositioning, they call it, you know, uh, whether you're the top or the bottom. I mean, all all those things... Anything you can do to, to, to bump that risk down, um, and most especially just getting tested, you know, getting tested every few months, very few months, you know, not just if you're HIV negative, you really, really need to know. And if you're HIV positive, you really, really need to, or it would be really a good thing if you were undetectable. And, you know, it's funny. I think that we're a victim of our own success. It's like we did such a good job over the last decade of uh, our generation of uh, of uh, making HIV this horrid, fast, terrible death. I mean, we have so much documentation of that's what it is. Well, it's not what it, so not so much what it is anymore, and, um, and yet we hold on to that because we're traumatized. I am traumatized. I, I, I have to admit I am... My life will never be the same because of what I went through. But if I hold on to that and try to apply it to people today, I'm not going to get anywhere. Am I talking too much? Hello? Is this thing No. <laughs> we, we are just listening to you. I was actually thinking about what you were just saying. And, you know, we 
you know, the, sometimes there's that that method, the message that we get out there, and maybe this is get putting the the heart cart before the horse, is you know we have those really candid and conversations about whether it be barebacking or risk reduction uh, strategies. You know, I've done videos on how to clean, you know, your syringes if you are, you're not in an area uh, you know, where you... And I've watched your videos, by the way, and I really want to commend you for um, your uh, lightness of spirit, I call it. You know, um, I, I, uh, and, and the fact that you don't get uh, unnecessarily um, uh, morbid. You know, you're 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 healthy. You're attractive. You're you're uh, you seem to be fairly happy and well adjusted, and all of that comes through. And I only say that just because, God, do we need more of that? You know, we need people that people can relate to and not feel are downers. And you called yourself that earlier. I don't know why. I guess I don't think you are. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, and, and I can relate to that because my mission statement is joy. I and if it is joy, why would I try to, you know, scare people of what? You know, I I love my life. I'm I have made peace with my virus. I do what I need to do to maintain my health, and I get on with it. But and I guess maybe we're getting into your story a little bit. Has your fabulous disease always been fabulous? Um, no. No. And so at what not. point you at know, what point did that become, you know, where you had that epiphany or there was that change? I, I mean, we could make speculations, but I'll let you tell where that well, jumping you know, off I was. think well, it came, you know, I, I am I am nothing if not a a stereotypically gay man and 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 my history is stereotypical, you know. I um in the 80s, all my friends died. I was living in Los Angeles. Everybody was dying. It was nothing fabulous about that. And um, and that nightmare continued until not about 96 when protease came along and we started to live. But instead of, you know, instead of being grateful about that and living a healthy life, I became a drug addict. And because I felt like, you know, I had it coming or, or that, mm-hmm. you know, if you'd been through what I'd been through, you'd go out there and party a lot too, you know. And so the circuit party scene happened and I'm dancing in boxes on steroids that whole bit, you know. I like like a lot of other guys. Now a lot of guys will be listening to this and going, "Oh, what a slut!" You know, I didn't do that. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I kind of I kind of lived the stereotypical life of the urban gay male. You know, was that a dog? What was that? A that dog? was on Robert's side. That was on Robert's side. He must. Is there yeah, a trick over I'm, there? I'm muting myself. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so, you know, it was just a stereotypical thing. I think that after Proteus came out, I think my real joy happened when I stopped doing drugs. And and I realized I had dodged another bullet, you know, not just HIV, but then crystal meth. Um, uh, to have dodged two bullets, you better be happy. <laughs> you better you better find your joy again and, and, and make a contribution. And so that's what I'm trying to do uh, now. And so, that, so yeah, it, it's fabulous because... I, I live in a time where this can be controlled. It doesn't apply to everybody, but we don't all have to be miserable just because a lot of the people in the world are miserable. We can do what we can to help the people we can. And 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 I believe God wants us to be happy. You know, you it's know? interesting and that you say so that. I'm doing my best. It, it's interesting you that. say that. I made a video earlier. I made a couple of them because I try to just make them once or twice a week. And so I don't burn myself out. But 
I caught myself. Once or twice a week? Yeah, I know. Once or well, twice a week. It depends God, on the video. I, I, I make one a month. <laughs> well, see, but you're a rock star. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want people to get you know bored. But uh, that's great. First of all, it's good good for you for your productivity. And I really, by the way, I liked your video. Um, your, you've got this. Your video for newly diagnosed people. A lot of great practical advice. I, I really appreciated that one. Well, I thanks. I I caught myself today though, and I've caught myself a few times. And I didn't edit the video because they're all done. You know, I don't do any editing. Maybe I should, but. I caught myself feeling bad. I, I said, well, you know, I've got a great job. I have friends that support me. I have a community that accepts me for who I am. But then I, I prefaced that with, but I understand that there's certainly not, that's not the way it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it didn't hit me until just now when I'm talking with you. It's okay for us to be HIV positive and to have good lives. Yeah. I think we've been taught yeah. by society or by culture that somehow, because we are HIV positive, that our life is somehow meant to be miserable. Uh huh. Or a cautionary tale. You know, we're the one, we're the ones, we're the failed ones that other people don't want to be like us. You know, and we're not the only ones that play into that narrative, Aaron. HIV negative people do. They see us and they go, "Oh, well, that's the cautionary tale. I don't want to make that mistake and and be like him. So I want to stay away from all HIV positive guys or the unclean ones, so I don't become like him." You know, stigma is alive and well, and and there's very very you know uh, uh, there's very real examples of of that. And, and you're right. We we do we get to, we deserve to get a, to be as happy as everybody else. This is a very interesting conversation to be having on World AIDS Day. Um, because a lot of people see it as a day to mourn the dead. And then that, although that's part of it, like I told you earlier, it's not for me. It's, I've, I've done a lot of mourning, you know, in the last 30 years, and, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, uh, th- that's not to say I don't think about my friends. I think about them all the time. I, I do what I do in their memory. Um, but I'm, I, I choose uh, happiness, and I choose a way forward. And, uh, and again, that's why, you know, I, I think that we deserve, to, that we have an obligation to tell the truth, uh, to tell the truth about what kind of sex gay men are having, um, what we can do about it, what their options really are. Um, all, you know, all of this, we deserve to have a truthful conversation uh, and not be threatened by new developments and new ideas. And, of course, I'm talking again about PrEP and about um, what we do about the number of gay men who are having sex without condoms, that sort of thing. Oh, that sounds awesome. Let's actually talk about PrEP when we come back. I want to take a call on the line um, from area code 954. So we'll take them when we come back. So we'll be right back with Mark S. King. Coffee with cream? Thanks. Here's your cappuccino, man. Look, let's talk. Did you know that your doctor doesn't necessarily test you for STDs? GYT. Get yourself tested and get yourself talking. Have an honest, open conversation with your healthcare provider about STDs. Ask to be tested. Visit gytnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. A message from CDC. This is Britney Spears for Life Beat, the music industry fights AIDS. HIV, the virus that causes AIDS, is hitting young women hard. If you choose to have sex, be safe. Use protection every time. Help support Life Beat Zero Transmission 2001 campaign by not getting infected with HIV. Don't be a zero. 
All right, and we're back live, Pause Time Radio. I'm Robert Brining, joined by my fabulous co-host, Aaron Laxton, and our fabulous guest, Mark S. King. You guys all there? There's a whole lot of fabulous yeah. going on here. That's a lot of fabulous going on tonight. Let's go to area code 954. Call her, you're on the air. Who's there? Hi, it's RJ Henley, Florida, Florida. Hey, could you just lower your speakers in the background? I'm doing it right now. Thank you. I'm sorry, who's this and where are you calling from? RJ Henley in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, hey, RJ. Hey, Mark. Thank you for hosting the other cruise. It was you made it more complete than I expected. Uh, you, you're very welcome. I I, uh, I love it. It's a it's a great event every year. And I agree with you on the living for the future, not remembering, remembering the past. I put a few memories on Facebook today, but it, but I have some friends that have the mantra: the past and the present, and the and the past of the past and the present has infinite possibilities. That's a mantra I say regularly and try to live with. You know, I've been more than a lot of people. Like me, Mark, I've been positive since 1984. I've lost a lot of people. But I have a lot more friends who are living this. They're working with the Palace Project and Life Program. Um, the impact we can have on people's lives, showing that life goes on and it gets better every day. If you're honest with yourself and honest with each other, that's what makes the difference. And I see that's what we're doing together. And that's the future of what we're working on now, I see, I hope. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It reminds me when you talk about the importance of the present and all of that, and a lot of that is taking care of ourselves and feeling as if that we're worth, uh, we're worth having a healthy life, that, we, that we, we kind of reject whatever stigma is promoted, you know, imposed upon us, and we say, I deserve happiness and I deserve good health. I deserve to take my pills every day. Uh, I deserve the privilege of talking about living with HIV and, um, and not having to fear saying, I'm happy. I have a future. Uh, I, I really appreciate those thoughts, RJ. Definitely. So thank, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, man. Cool beans. I love when uh, people call in. If you want to call in and speak to us live, 347-215- Nine four four two. If you're on hold and want to speak to us at any time, press the one button, and we'll bring you into the queue. So, Mark, um, one of the things that uh, the caller was actually just speaking about, RJ, was the cruise. That was one of the topics we wanted to talk about. You recently just got back from the cruise, right, for this year? Yeah, we had the. You know, this how, is the annual. It? It, it was wonderful. It's called the HIV Cruise Retreat, and it is an annual cruise of people living with HIV and our boyfriends or our moms or our sister or whoever wants to come with us. And um, it, is, uh, it was the biggest group we'd ever had this year. It was almost 300 people. And uh, there were – it was just an incredible thing. We, the, the tone is set right away that this is not, you know – sorry, that's a fire. That's a, we live in downtown D.C. You can just imagine. So anyway, <laughs> uh, um, it is – it's a tone set that this is not, you know, some gay uh, circuit party, and it's not, a, right. and it's it's not a beauty pageant. You know, it is a bunch of people that really are good friends or want to make friends and want to support each other and have a great time. Nobody stands alone. Nobody is 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 an outcast or standing on the side of the room. We make sure everybody gets involved, no matter who they are. People come all by themselves. They don't know a single person. They get off the ship with, you know, 200 people to add on their Facebook page. You know, it's just, 
really great. I, and I'm so proud of these guys because, you know, I'm one of the hosts, but they do the work. They're the ones reaching out to, uh, to make sure everybody's, you know, having a great time. And, and you know, we get, our, we get our own parties and, and our own excursions that we do as a group. Um, if people want information about it, they can go to HIVcruise.com. Um, to to find out more next year we leave out of San Juan. It's not it's it's five hundred bucks. It's maybe you know five six hundred dollars something like that. It's not cheap, you know. It's something that I have to save up for all year. I have to you know I I send the guy a little right. bit of money every month, you know. And uh, um, but it's just something that's really unforgettable. And uh, a lot of people come who uh, don't live in an environment where they can that they feel comfortable disclosing to everybody. And to be able to be on a ship with that many people um, uh, where that's not an issue, where they can just kind of support each other and have fun, uh, is, uh, it's really something to see. You know, I'm, I can, I'm impressed with it every year. Yeah, we actually have had Nate on the show a few times. Um, and, and the other gentleman who runs it, I forget his name, is in company. Yeah, Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul, yeah. Um, and we actually had them both on to talk about the cruise. And actually, we were speaking about the cruise before we uh, – went live tonight, me and Aaron, and we actually decided that we were going to really make an effort to go to the next cruise and maybe even, you know, try to do something there at the event. I think it would be kind of an awesome thing. I know uh, Nate and Paul have been asking me to go, and I've kind of been putting it off and putting it off. But I think this year is the year, you know, 2014, for, for us to go and make a splash. I mean, I see you blog about it every year, and a lot of my friends go to it every year, and they say how great it is. And I think that it's time that you know, pause I am comes and makes a mark. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm a big fan of the event, you know. I, I really am. I have a great time. Cool. Well, See, we I have just, another caller, so um, I'm sorry, Aaron. Did you want to say something before I went to the caller? Uh, you know, I was just going to say, you know, I think sometimes, at least for me, I won't speak for everybody else, I forget that because I'm so outspoken about HIV, mm-hmm. and I would assume that, Robert, you're the same way, and Mark, you're the same way, that there are people – typically in these small towns, but not always. It's sometimes big cities that they're so afraid of what might happen if people find out they're positive that they live in this state of constant vigilance guarding their status. And mm-hmm. I, I, th- I see that as the huge perk of this, of this cruise where you are in an environment of complete openness about everyone is comfortable with who you are. And I think that's, that's phenomenal. I definitely want to go next year. Yeah, it was. It's, you're absolutely right about that. There's just a lot of people for whom that's just they don't feel. But you know what? Then a lot of them, once they have this experience with other people who are more at ease with their status, it gives them it gives them the confidence that that they that they need to go back home and maybe disclose to that friend that they've been thinking about talking to because they have the confidence of having been around people for whom you know it's something that they're more open about. It's uh, we really do help each other out. It's uh, I, anyway. Yes. Ooh, there's a caller. It's exciting. <laughs> yes. Let's go to the next caller. Area code nine five one. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, how's it going, guys? My name is Joshua Middleton. I just wanted to uh, call in and uh, commend you guys on having the show tonight and remembrance of uh, World AIDS Day. And um, I myself was diagnosed. Um, in June of 2012 of last year, um, so I'm very pretty new to things. Um, I had the pleasure myself of going on the cruise this last uh, about two or three weeks ago, 
Um, and on my first cruise retreat ever, um, first cruise in general, and uh, I myself am a straight male. Um, I contracted this through um, my ex-girlfriend. Um, so I myself was a very uh, leery um, when I, even though I'm very open about my status, um, I'm involved in activism a little bit myself. Um, I was a little leery about going on the cruise at first because, you know, not going, not being on it before, I didn't know what to expect. So I would just like to encourage anybody, um, whatever sexual orientation, if you're gay, straight, bi, trans, um, whatever the case, it's really a wonderful experience. I had the pleasure of going on it with my mother um, who went in support of me. And it was just awesome to see how everybody connected together, the camaraderie that everybody has. And I would just encourage anybody that does want to go on the cruise or is thinking about going on the cruise um, that you're not going to feel weird, you're not going to feel um, out of place. Um, like I said, whatever your race, sexual orientation, everybody is very welcoming. Mark did a fantastic job. Um, being the MC on the cruise, um, it was now, very Josh, well organized. Josh, thank you. First, this is Mark, and thank you so much for that. Uh, and I, I appreciate that so much. But I also want to commend you and talk about your experience a little bit, if that's okay. Because oh, yeah. you're a very young, you're a very young heterosexual male. How old are you? I'm 23 years old. You're 23. Oh, wow. And and this is something that you dealt with almost, you hit the ground running when you got uh, tested. You found the resources that you needed. Um, you've had to do a lot of, you know, I mean, you were obviously a cool guy anyway, but certainly you entered a world populated largely by gay men, and you found your place. You found the, the resources that you needed. You took the risk of going on this trip, and um, and I just want to commend you for, for, for accessing the help that you needed and, and getting the information that you needed and being, um, you're very outspoken about it, y'all. This guy here is, is um, very out about talking about this to other people on his Facebook page and social media. And uh, there's not many animals like him. I, I'm, I think Josh is a terrific young guy. Uh, well, Josh, you can connect with us online somewhere, uh, me and Aaron or, or the radio show, or Mark can connect us if you guys are friends on Facebook. I would love to have you come on and talk about your story and your experience. I think it would be a great uh, show. I would love to. I would love to, and I appreciate all the hard work you guys are doing and, you know, just giving people this opportunity to uh, really chime in and uh, make their voices heard. And, you know, being newly diagnosed and everything like that, you know, honestly – um, I myself haven't lost one person to HIV or AIDS. So for me, it you know, when when World AIDS Day is coming up and everything like that, for me it was kind of hard because I didn't know really how I would connect with other people or, you know, because of the fact that I don't have anyone to remember that I have lost, thank God, um, to this date since I'm so newly diagnosed um, but, you know, I do just like to offer words of encouragement for, you know, people who are currently living with it. Um, you know, I'm living proof that you can live with this virus, and I think a lot of us are. And I think, you know, pushing forward and, uh, you know, really, you know, the theme of World AIDS Day, um, you know, getting to zero is very, you know, very important to me. Um, you know, and I want to play my part, and I think we all have our individual parts to play. So I would love to 
you know, share my story sometime. And, you know, for anyone um, thinking about going on the cruise and stuff like that, I think it's a great growing experience. I mean, I remember, you know, the first day on the cruise, everybody was just telling me how awesome it was that my mom went on the cruise with me because, you know, a lot of people cannot be open with their parents about it. So just the fact that she came in support of me, I definitely thank her a lot for that. We're already planning for next year. Um, so, awesome. you know, if you have friends, family, um, whatever the case, that's, you know, very, you know, it's a, it's a great growing experience. And well, y'all can even just though, imagine, you know, you had this mother on the boat, you know, and uh, 250 gay men. So, you know, she immediately <laughs> became everybody's mother. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, who doesn't love a mom, right? So it, it was great to have her along. Awesome. Well, I appreciate everything you guys are doing, and and thank you so much for giving me a chance to come on and just share some words. And, you know, for anybody that's lost someone, um, you know, my condolences. And for all of us who, you know, battle this on a daily basis, like Mark was saying, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, being joyful about things and, you know, continuing on, um, you know, full force. It doesn't have to be a depressing um, you know, pity party all the time. And, that t- you know, we all are entitled to our good and our bad days. But, you know, it's just a matter, I think, half the battle is your mental attitude. And I always tell people that if, you know, mental attitude to me is just as important as your meds um, because, you know, you can really spiral downhill very quick and lose sight of things without a strong mental attitude. And so many people on the cruise and stuff like that, um, just connecting with other people. I myself don't have an aid service organization that's close to me. The nearest one's almost two hours away. Um, wow. So for me, um, you know, all I have is social media. You know, all I have to connect with people is on Facebook. So, yes, I'm very open about it. You know, I'll tell anybody right now I'm wearing my No Shame uh, T-shirt. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very open about it, but at the same time, having that in-person support, um, just talking to people in general, Hey, what meds are you taking? How do you feel on a daily basis? All that kind of stuff. And the whole cruise isn't about that. So, you know, it's not like everybody just sits around all day long and talks about HIV. You know, it's not like that. It's just, everybody's there to have a good time. Um, and you know, just to support each other. Cool. Well, Joshua, thanks for calling in, and I think I just connected with you on Facebook, so make sure you accept my yeah, request. <laughs> All right, appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Joshua. You sure, man. Thanks for calling in. So we have another caller. Uh, that's awesome um, that, that he, he called in to, to share his experience, and, and that's awesome. So let's go to area code 202. You're on the air with us. Who's this? This is Justin Terry Smith. How are you guys doing? Hey, hey Justin. Uh, <laughs> Justin Terry Smith. It's like old home week of all the Instagram bloggers. <laughs> it's like getting together for the holidays. How are you doing, Justin? Right. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I was like, oh, my God, call me. Oh, my God, I have to get on the air. I have to call. I have to call. And then I was like, thinking, I was like well, who's coasting? I was like, oh, my gosh, Aaron, Mark, and oh, Robert. So I was like, oh, I have to call in. I have to call in. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wow. And then they were talking about the cruise. And I said, oh, that's excellent because um, my husband and I have been on a cruise before. And, you know, we were kind of tired of a little bit of the pretentiousness that, you know, a lot of the gay cruises kind of emphasize or, you know, Mm -hmm. the environment. And so we were like, oh, well, let's go on the pause cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that next year. I was like, yeah, definitely. So I was really happy to see 
that that was the subject matter of tonight, and I wasn't able to listen to all of the um, all of the show because I was. Of course, it's World AIDS Day, so any HIV activist is busy tonight or busy tomorrow, so, so mm-hmm. I didn't have a chance to listen in it all the way, but I just wanted to say thank you guys for um, having a show tonight because, you know, and as you know, it's a very important date, and I kind of sit to myself, and I remember all of, of my friends that I've lost, um, and I think, of, you know, I think of how far we've come, and I think of all the connections I've made, especially through you guys. And, you know, just having you guys there is really, is I really, really appreciate it because, you know, without what you guys do, you know, there there would be no social media. There would be, like, you know, not like uh, Mr. Middleton said, you know, he doesn't have any of the resources except for social media. So, you know, it's really important that, you know, we do what we do. And, you know, you guys doing this show tonight really, really means a lot to me and touches me to my heart. Oh, well, thanks for calling in, Justin. We love you. You know, you're my, uh, me and you are our cover girls in our own right. <laughs> yes, you sure are. Don't mark off by. <laughs> no, that's okay. You were, you were on HIV Plus magazine. You both looked handsome as could be. And I yeah, thought to myself, funny. How, can I, how do I top this? How do I top this? It, it was funny because when I, I took it back to my family, when I took it back to my family, they had not met my husband yet. And at that time, I think that he was more or less my boyfriend. And so they had not met him yet. Like, oh, my God, is that your boyfriend? I'm like, oh, no, that's my friend. That's my friend Robert. <laughs> they that's thought it was my boyfriend. <laughs> I feel like I was such like, a loser no. in this conversation. I feel like, oh, my God, I need to work Megan. on this. <sighs> I'm going to hey, get on Grinder right now. Hold we'll on. Find something. You know what? It should be on the cover of Cosmo, Aaron. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll, try, we'll find Aaron, we'll find Aaron I know you too well. Aaron, I know you too well. Try Scruff. Oh, girl, I've got that. I've got but, see, but honest to God, honest to God, as I sit here, I have Scruff and I have Grinder, And if you get on there, I use it for outreach. I talk about prep. I talk about the efficacy numbers that we have. And mm-hmm. people don't believe me because if we intend on getting to people – getting to those who are at the highest risk. We have to go mm-hmm. where they are. We yeah, can't expect exactly. them to come to us. So mm-hmm. in every city, and I'm actually, uh, you, I know that uh, Mark's in D.C., and I know that you're outside of D.C. You know, PrEP, when we, when we start talking about PrEP, the highest incidence, as I travel all over the U.S., of people who are actually engaged in PrEP and not afraid to have the conversation is in D.C., from my own experience. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're really open out here because of it. we've had such a trying time with keeping our HIV numbers low, and and it's really really hard right now because especially in my community within the community within the community, you know, being black and gay, it's it's exponentially hard. I mean, it's really really hard to get through. So and so glad that you brought that up because I just got off of BlackGayChat.com, and they what they do is they have an award i guess they, they give out sexiest pause man of the day and i was today on world aids day so the reason why that is is because i think it's because what i do is i use the advocacy part of it and i post my blog on that site and the site is a hookup site so of course you know like you said we have to get them where they are and so mm-hmm. you know by doing that i think that i don't even know the administrator administrator of that site but but you know kudos to them um, for like, you know, trying to make people aware and actually putting my stuff out there. I have no idea who they are. They have not once emailed me, but they 
obviously support, you know, advocacy and the activism that we do. That's great. Yeah, but I definitely cool. want to go on that cruise next year. <laughs> well, right. well, well, look, it's a plan. Well, all four of us are going to be there next year. So we're going to oh, make it a awesome. point to go there. So oh, you heard the it here live. <laughs> okay, I, I, might, I might actually leave the husband behind then because then I'll get into trouble. Mm. <laughs> That's not I don't know. <laughs> we'll delete that out of the archives. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sure he's not listening right now. He's well, sleeping. You know he's... Sleeping. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Justin, thanks so much for calling in and, and, and showing us your support and listening. I, I really appreciate it. No problem, guys. And I miss all of you guys. I'll talk to you later. Definitely hit me up whenever, you know, I'm always online. So Great. Take it easy, Justin. Later. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. Oh, I love when our fellow activists call in and, you know, share some insight and love. So, Mark, so, um, you know, what was we the, are so the, the excited to be talking to Mark. What'd you say? <laughs> I'm just so excited. Oh, we're, we're just walking yeah. all over each other to get to Mark. We're, yeah, right. We're falling Tampling over, over each other. <laughs> <laughs> we're, he's just another one of us. That's all. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Robert, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, uh, you know, our relationship and stuff, you know, and, and I have always, I, I, I say this to you with the, every chance I get, have always been in such, uh, hold you in such high regard for Pause I Am, for, for the site, for the radio show. For, talk about hitting the ground running and having decided to make a real difference and contribution to our community. Um, you know, on World AIDS Day, I, I tell people, you know, hug your therapist, hug your case manager, hug your nurse, whoever. You should be getting a lot of hugs today, Robert. You deserve an awful lot of gratitude and hugs on behalf of a lot of people for making the site available and for making this, this, this show available, which you've just done and done and done for so long uh, and so consistently. And I, and I know it's not easy, you know, uh, and, uh, and so thank you. On this World AIDS Day, I thank you. Well, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Aaron can attest to it. It's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's it's, it's sure a little bit of work, yeah. Time, no yeah. Doubt. But, but having Aaron with me, um, is, uh, it, it's nice because he, he, he likes to hit the ground running as well, and he likes to go out and he's thirsty to find the next guest and, and, and the next you know, PSA that we're going to upload or the next sound bite. I mean, so it's fun. Great. Good. Well, you all make a great team, and I'm glad to see you're in here with you. That's great. So, Mark, I had a, uh, a conversation today with somebody. Um, as many of, many listeners may know, I was recently in L.A. doing a prep event with Impulse, which is a, a, a group um, that's – they're really all over. They're starting in L.A. and Fort Lauderdale and Mexico, and I think they're getting ready to start India. Mm-hmm. But – you know, I was on the panel uh, against Michael Weinstein, um, and it's, this is not a conversation about him, um, but I needed to give some context to what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. As, as, a, as an activist who's been on the ground for a long, you know, a long time, relatively speaking, since the early um, you know, days of this thing when it first started, you, know, you, meant, you alluded earlier that you know, 25 years you, you've been doing these things, and the conversation that you had with your partner about, you know, uh, 
you know, having lost partner or people that you loved and, and kind of just wanting to stay home, put up the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as, as young activists or, or I, I can't speak for everybody, so I'm only given my experience mm-hmm. that we all struggle for relevance. I think that's anybody, not just activists, but we struggle for relevance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easy for people to forget that we're all on the same same mission. We we may have different ways of going about it. What advice would you have for up and coming activists? You know that person that really wants to get in the, in the community, um, but maybe they're you know they don't have an in. They they don't feel as if anybody's supporting them and doing what they're doing. What would you tell that young activist that's wanting to be relevant and have a message that is received by the community? You know, I I think to my I I wonder to myself if I'm relevant as well. And I think that that's something with age. I think no matter what you do, you start entering your 50s or so and you you start saying things like these young people today and you start wondering, am I still relevant? Do I still have my finger on the pulse of what's really going on in contemporary society? I think that's a very human thing. Um, and And that's why I guess I try to check myself as often as I can to make sure that I am not still speaking or writing um, as someone who has been traumatized by what happened to, to me a generation ago and that I am keeping up to date. So my advice to that person who wants to make some sort of difference is let your passion be your guide. There's nothing wrong with feeling passionately and having a lot of emotional connection to this cause of HIV, but get the facts right. Get your facts right. Make sure you're well-educated on these issues um, before you feel as if you want to, you know, get too far up front there. You know, I I was a volunteer at an AIDS agency like everybody else. You know, of course, they were just opening, <laughs> you know, 30 years ago. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I went to volunteer for one of those, and uh, I went to all of their um, medical updates and things like that so that I could understand the landscape is so complicated today. We do have to understand, you know, prevention and treatment and the new kinds of treatment there are and what is PrEP and what's undetectable viral loads and all that. It used to be easy. Don't get it or you'll die. Use condoms. The end. Oh, right. It, it's, it's not that simple anymore. And so to me, a young activist needs to find the local resources where they can be of service to others. Make sure that we're always helping somebody else. And, and and get educated with the facts so you know what the hell you're talking about. And I had a counter- I was going to say, and those who no, I was going to say real quick, and, and those people like um, Josh Joshua who called in earlier, or our friend Janine Brignola who's you know who's out in Washington, Nebraska. Um, they can do things like create their own blog or go on YouTube and create a channel, like you have done. Both of you have done and have been successful with and, and as a way to get involved if there's not a local ISO actually in their general area. Absolutely. Um, telling our stories, just telling what our story is, and, and, and I'll, I'll contradict myself and say, regardless of whether or not you're a learned person in terms of knowing a lot about the medicine or treatment or anything, you still have a story to tell just in terms of what your experience with HIV is. And uh, as we all well know, there's a real value in that. And so I, I encourage people to keep doing that. I had a conversation with, uh, I, as we all receive 
letters of you know uh, from viewers or readers or whoever is is looking at our stuff and um it was a very alarming uh, a very alarming conversation uh, without sharing anything about this particular person there was a, definitely a learning curve um just the questions this post person was asking me um relatively new in their diagnosis and this conversation went on, you know, pretty much throughout the day, and it got into some health-related questions. And I always start every conversation with, "I'm not a health expert. I'm not mm-hmm. a physician. Uh-huh. You always need to defer to your your medical doctor." Although, I feel like I can keep up with most doctors now. Um, and and I told this person, I said, "Well, you you really need to develop that conversation or that relationship with your care provider." And this person said, "Well." Well, why would I want to do that? I have you. And I said because next next to your 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 lover or or your parents or, or maybe someone else, your best friend, your medical team, is, you need to be on track with them and you need to be able to have that conversation. Can you tell me how that how that dynamic has changed over the years because we hear stories about the early days where it was not uncommon to be isolated and have people walk in in nuclear biological suits to now Mm -hmm. doctors are very receptive and and they're very knowledgeable what part have we played in in changing that dynamic an enormous part i I mean we aids act specifically aids activism is responsible for doctor-patient relationships um for patient advocacy, in other words, not just for AIDS, but patient advocates who were interested in diabetes and cancer and all of that, they saw how AIDS activists were talking to people with HIV and instructing them on how to talk to their doctor. Don't believe everything that they say. Ask questions. Uh, Feel feel free to disagree. All of those, you know, remember that you're a partnership. Those were not um, common mindsets at, at all in, in, in the 1980s. It was AIDS activists who came in and said, they don't know everything. We need to ask questions. It's your body. If you don't like this drug, ask them for another one. All, not to mention, of course, the whole you know, FDA approval process, which is, you know, which is shown so beautifully in How to Survive a Plague, the, the documentary. But those, all of those, those things, it, it changed medicine and doctor-patient relationships profoundly. And, and suddenly people in other disease categories thought, thought oh, hey, well, maybe, you know, I kind of don't like the side effects I'm experiencing right now. Maybe I should talk to my doctor and get another drug. Good for that, you know. So we, we've, we've seen all of that happen, the, the, the fact that it's a partnership now. I think that the things that people take for granted in terms of uh, how, how they, they uh, interrelate with, with their doctor um, is, is something that, that we absolutely have our, um, you know, our activists in uh, the 80s and beyond to thank for it. And even today, I think that doctors are trained differently than they used to because they have to expect something differently from patients because we are, you know, uh, my doctor and I sit down if it's, you know, whenever, you know, every few years if I'm going to change a drug regimen and we discuss the pros and cons of various regimens and which one am I going to take. I mean, it is a decision we make together. I don't think it's that unusual um, for a lot of people. Um, I always tell people if they're newly diagnosed, 
um, you know, uh, get ready to, to learn a lot and to, and, and to make sure that you're in partnership. So yeah, that's a long way of answering your question. Absolutely, we we uh, we could absolutely credit AIDS activism for changing all of those things. Well, Mark, we'd like to remind the uh, the listeners it's the top of the ten o'clock hour, nine o'clock if you're in the Central Time Zone. Uh, we have Mark King, My Fabulous Disease, on. Um, if you'd like to participate in the conversation, you may do so at three four seven two one five nine four four two. We're going to have a thirty second break, and we'll be right back. I am a mother. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a journalist. I am a singer. A businesswoman. I'm an artist. An educator. A sister. An advocate. A leader. A queen. I am a friend. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am one of more than a million people living with HIV in the U.S. We are not alone. Let's stop HIV together. Get the facts. Get tested. Get involved. Welcome back. This is Paz I Am. This is the World AIDS Day um, uh, edition or issue or whatever we want to say. I am your co-host, Sarah Laxon, alongside with Robert Brining, and we have the amazing and fabulous and phenomenally wonderful Mark S. <laughs> King on line with us. And are we still on the air? How much yeah, longer we are, are we doing sir. this? I've used all my best stuff. <laughs> I, you know, you we, material. Are we seriously still going to talk? We are still, we are still going to talk because people want to hear more about oh. the amazingly phenomenal and some more adjectives. Oh. Hold on, I'm pulling up a, 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 a thesaurus right now. Get the thesaurus, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Well, good. So, so, Mark, tell us a little bit about why you named your blog My Fabulous Disease. You know, um, I... Uh, I, um, there's so much negative baggage associated with HIV. You know, there is all of the stigma, there's all that crap, and I'm not taking that on. You know, I, if this disease is going to live in my body and it's going to be part of me, then it's going to have to take on my characteristics and not the other way around. So I'm kind of fabulous. And so it is my fabulous disease. And I like the fact that it's a little provocative and actually, um, uh, it's not the only disease, you know. Of course, I, I am, I am uh, in recovery from drug addiction. Those, those, those uh, that is probably the disease more likely to kill me. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of my, uh, you know, being being very vigilant. Uh, my vigilance is taking my meds every day, and also making sure that I'm doing something to help another addict every day, um, and remind myself uh, how lucky I am to have survived oh. that. One of the subjects that kind of is a common subject in your blogs is is meth. Um, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about um, how that how you feel that ties hand in hand with HIV? Well, you know, for me, uh, I, you know, I talked said how how I was a gay stereotype. You know, that once uh, protease inhibitors came along and the circuit party scene happened in the late '90s, um, I was right there with it. You know, I'm a joiner. And so if you're doing coke in the 80s, I'll, I'll, I'll do some of that. And if you were doing the dance floor drugs in the 90s, and, uh, and then that became crystal meth. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a joiner. <laughs> so I, I did all of those things too. And um, except for me, I was not able to stop. And, and I was the last guy to leave the dance floor or leave the club or, or whatever and wonder where we're going next. You know, I just had that... Um, you know that was just in some place in my nature to to kind of 
grab onto that. And, and crystal meth was a drug that I just couldn't walk away from. And it became a, a real problem. And, um, you know, there was kind of this perfect storm between um, protease inhibitors happening and, fee- and gay community kind of feeling this sense of wanting to reclaim, reclaim, bring the party back. Get, reclaim our sexuality, which were legitimate things. It's just people like me who were predisposed to addiction took that to the farthest extreme so that the party lasted all night, you know, or I just never, I, eventually I didn't bother going out to the party. I just stayed at home and did drugs. And um, I was an intravenous drug user for a number of years, and it was, it was bad. Um, and I, I, uh, I came real close to losing my life I certainly were, was in plenty of um, perilous circumstances, um, but also I, I lost, you know, whatever uh, whatever goodwill or, or sense of accomplishment I had had doing activism, you know, beginning in the 80s and stuff. I kind of walked away from that. I decided that drugs were more important to me. I mean, that's how bad it got. And so, uh, you know, I think that's what leads to my gratitude. I think that, you know, you appreciate your happiness uh, a lot when you know you've been in a situation like like that, and and uh, and I, I I still feel kind of a lot of ashamed. I can't help it. You know why in the world would someone make it through the eighties and and survive all of that to stick needles in their arm? You know how nuts is that? I I can I can you know. I can shrink my head and talk about all sorts of lofty things about, you know, survivor's guilt and all that crap. But the, the fact is, is, um, you know, it was just a tragedy. And, and I'm so glad that I, I got out alive and that I have to stay vigilant every day to make sure that that doesn't happen to me again. It's just, an, you know, so it's, it's just another thing that I don't mind writing about um, because it's the truth. You know, it's, it's, it's the truth. Do you find it difficult to be so open and so honest about your everyday struggles and, and, and your everyday life? Um, no, I, I don't. You know, it's funny. It's like um, I don't, and I don't know if part of it is that I'm just a show-off and I don't even <laughs> care what it's about. I'll just be a show-off. I was the biggest. I was the biggest drug addict in town. You know. You know. Really. You know. That's just just to prove that I, I can be arrogant about anything. You know. And so there's a, the part of it is that me just being a show off, and 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 then the rest of it is just since I'm curious. I want to know what other people think. I want I want to tell them the truth and see what the reaction is. Or, or has this happened to them too? Or do they feel this way too? You know. Um, that's what it is. I don't know what piece of me is missing that allows me <laughs> to just talk about these things, but, you know, um, without um, much of a filter. Um, but uh, c'est la vie. That's the way it is. You know, well, you know the one – go ahead, Robert. Go ahead, Aaron. No, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, you know, the, the one thing um, – Last well, six months ago, when I was out in in L.A., I talked about it was a, a group. It was a different crowd than what I normally talk with, and uh, I was talking candidly about crystal use. And it seems to me that in 
and we've had this conversation, Mark, between you and I, that, you know, it's a very, it's making a resurgence. I'm not sure it ever it truly went away, but mm-hmm. it's something that many people, there's a, well, there's a lot of shame attached to it. I mean, you don't, mm-hmm. no one wants to be labeled an addict or a recovering addict. Um, mm-hmm. But because, you know, my HIV infection came as a direct result of use. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah. it just seems like to me that, for all the, the stigma reduction that we do in the area of HIV or this and that, the stigma of being a recovering addict many times is too much for some people to bear. Yeah, and and especially if they're having to come to terms with um, – I, I felt much more shame over um, what happened to me in my drug addiction and what I went through there than I ever have about HIV. For some reason, I knew there was nothing wrong with me when I got infected with HIV, that it was a human thing that had happened. It wasn't my fault. This is, that was okay. Um, I had a much harder time convincing myself of that when, I, when, it, when it dawned on me, when I stopped using and I looked at the wreckage and went, oh, my God. I can't believe I did those things. I can't believe I lied. I stole. I did all the, you know, and that's still something I'm coming to grips with. So, so yeah, no wonder it's it's hard for people to seek the help that they need or are, uh, you know, to come. And and people don't have to clean up and then tell everybody about it, you know. So, um, you know, just because I do, uh, they they you know, it's a private matter. And they're 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 welcome to keep it private. But as long as they they do get that help. It's such a lonely, uh, it's such a lonely place to be. Uh, it was for me for a long time. So um, earlier, I wanted to mention uh, two blog posts that I I remember from from your blog that actually were two of my favorite posts. You actually went, you actually posed as two people. Um, the one you actually talked about, oh, getting, yeah. um, uh, what was it? I, I don't know if I want to call it correctly, butt implants or whatever it was, or these pants that you wore. Uh, what was it exactly? Um, but yes, yeah, so it was, they were, they, well, old, they were, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I was going to say you posed as your older self and your younger self in yes. this blog. Yes. Um, that's, um, that was called When My T-Cells Are Old and Gray, and it was a, uh, a video blog I did where I played both parts. See, I have a, I have a hard time making friends. And uh, and getting people to come over to my house and being in my I don't videos, that. so I just play all the so I just play all the parts. You know, it's it's I'm kind of like a nine year old girl with a lot of Barbies. You know, that's <laughs> what I do. So I sit in the den and turn on the camera and play one part, and then go play the other part and edit it together. <laughs> stuff, and it gives me a chance to like do my hair in different ways. So I love it. Um, you know, that that was one of my teeth are old and gray. And, and that was about my, and, and, and this was, I made that one a few years ago, and, it, and even then mm-hmm. I was concerned about aging. I was feeling guilty about, you know, here I am getting old, and I should be grateful that I'm old at all. And so, it, so it's one of those, you know, it's one of those conflicts, you know. I know I should be grateful that I'm 50, but, uh, <laughs> gosh, darn it, I'm 50, you know. Uh, and in yeah, that particular 50. video, yes, I showed off my butt padding. It was they weren't implants, darling. They were pads. They were um, they were called um, padded butt shorts um, uh, because 
you know, when you're a renowned blogger like I am, you get all sorts of free things in the mail. And I got padded butt shorts in the mail, and I decided to try them on and do this video about about aging and uh, and the need for such items. Um, so yeah. That was one. That was actually one of my favorite blogs that you've ever done because it, it brought the humor into it, and, and, and it was a it was a different side of looking at something that you know is serious that people do use these mm-hmm. much short. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But you, you turned around and made it funny, but still got the message across, and that's what your blog, My Fabulous Disease, does. Thank you, thank you, uh, and, and that's certainly my intent. You know, um, I can't help but be funny, and 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 uh, and uh, well, I mean, I can't help it, and sometimes my my stuff is, is is isn't very funny at all, but uh, you know uh, it's uh, it just depends. And and my default emotion is is gratitude and humor. And so I I'm, I I live in that space, and I think that that's what people what people see, you know, when they watch the videos. Well, I think that's a really good space to actually live in. So kudos for that. The other one that you actually did where you played, um, it was actually a blog you did on. Like, HIV criminalization, where you actually played somebody who was HIV positive and somebody who wasn't, who was actually accusing the other of uh, infecting them or not disclosing or whatever the situation was. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that was like and, and why you decided to do that? Because that was, again, one of my favorites because you talked about a subject that was so, I guess, taboo at the time. Yes, and, you know, I really think that HIV criminalization, and I'll get real profound here, is the defining HIV issue of our time because it is difficult because it's difficult to to comp- always empathize with those who are being uh, prosecuted. I don't believe that there that that anyone who deliberately infects someone else or deliberately tries to infect someone else knowingly and deliberately should that person get off. They have committed a crime. There's no doubt about it. But that's not what's happening in this country. What's happening is we have all of these laws which are specific to HIV, or they're using other laws like attempted murder, for, mm-hmm. uh, for cases in which people just don't disclose their status. That's all. They just didn't disclose their status. Maybe they used a condom. Probably nobody was infected because about half the time nobody was. Um, these laws are, are really an extension of racism and homophobia and, and, and all of these things because they're being uh, prosecuted by very conservative people who don't believe that people with HIV should be having sex at all. The very idea of a gay man having sex, much less an HIV-positive gay man having sex, is very, very unappetizing to them. So they're more than happy to jump onto these uh, existing laws or to... Or to uh, uh, um, you know, charge them with attempted murder or, or some such thing. And um, so in that video you're talking about, I, I thought it would be really interesting to see what would happen if a gay man with HIV was confronted by a sex partner to whom he had not disclosed his status. What would that conversation be like, you know? And at the time, I was, I happened, I was up uh, staying, I was a house guest of Sean Stroop, uh, founder mm. of Pause Magazine and founder of the Ciro Project, which is an organization dealing with uh, with uh, criminalization. And we had been just sitting around talking about this stuff, and I learned so much from him. I just started typing out the script. 
between the two people. What would that look like? I said, Sean, I have an idea. And at the time I had a beard, and so I typed it out in the morning, and I ran upstairs in the afternoon and did the one part, and then I went and I shaved off my beard and kind of slipped <laughs> out my hair, so of course I got to do my hair different. And then I ran back in the room and did the other part, uh, filmed the other part, and then, and then did the editing. And then by that night, I showed it to Sean. <laughs> he was like flabbergasted because that, this was my little project, you know, um, for the day had resulted in this because it really, he saw the script. He was, he was able to advise me on that. It was great. We made sure that all, that it was a really good kind of primer on all of the issues. But also I tried to make sure that you saw the point of view of the guy who was pissed off that he wasn't disclosed to. Because that's an right. actual emotion. That, that is, I understand, you know, them being alarmed, if nothing else, that maybe they had had sex with someone who was positive and they didn't know it. I, I think that there's a real ethical and moral question there. And there's no doubt about it. Is it criminal? I don't believe it is. Uh, especially, you know, if you're, if you're made, taking, uh, you know, what if, what if the guy had been undetectable with no viral load or, and or used a condom? And or, uh, you know, did things sexually that weren't at risk? You know, at what, you know, when is it everyone's responsibility? So I think that that issue, standing behind people with HIV saying this is wrong to criminalize them, I might have moral qualms, but this is not criminal. And we need to stand up and help these people. We need to say this is wrong. That takes courage because, you know, we don't have to get involved in that. What do we care about those people? We can live our lives and just make sure that we don't do that. Then again, how many of us have had sex with someone that didn't know our status? Would you like to be in jail for the next 25 years? That's the kind of sentences a lot of people are getting. I don't think so. So it takes courage to stand up to people, you know, and and take a real stand like that. And that's why I think it's, you know, the most, you know, the important, the most important thing going on right now, in terms of that sort of, you know, ethical quandary, and how important it is for us to take take a stand, just like the activists did 30 years ago, you know, when they were standing up to the church and they were standing up to the government and doing things that that were not easy and that took took a lot of courage. Um, you know, this is this HIV criminalization is one of those things that really tests us, you know. Uh, and test our ability to really try to understand an issue, have compassion for those people, and and say this isn't right. No, I totally agree. Actually, Mark, we are down to the last few minutes of the show. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. My last question to you is: out of all your blog posts, which is your favorite? <laughs> That's kind of easy. My favorite one is the My Fabulous Disease Holiday Spectacular. That's because I remember that my, one. <laughs> It's my Christmas video, and so I will be posting it again in a couple of weeks. I figured if we can watch Charlie Brown and the Grinch every year, we can watch mine every year. And so I am putting it up again. And it's a Christmas video, uh, a holiday I did with my family, and it's so imp- it means so much to me because my whole family participated. And they knew this was for my blog about me being living with HIV. Um, during the course of the video, they're all interviewed for a couple minutes, and they talk about having a loved one with HIV. And the things they said in those interviews were things they had never said to me. You know, they were so honest, and they talked about how scared they were when they first learned. But in the meantime, there's a cooking segment with my mother, 
and a Santa Claus segment, <laughs> and all of these, you know, it just, um, it, you know, I'll tell you this, it's better than the Lady Gaga special with the Muppets, I'll put it that way. It's, uh, there you go. Well, Mark, I am yeah. so excited to see that episode. I remember uh, you posting it last year. Information on Mark King, where can they go? MyFabulousDisease.com is the best place to start. There you go. You heard it all here first on Pazame Radio. Mark S. King, thank you for joining us and having a great conversation for the last 90 minutes. You are See awesome. you, Mark. Thank you so much. Thanks to you both. All right. Have a great Thanks. night and a good holiday. You too. Thank you. And again, more right. information on our guests, you can go to markusking.com or myfabulousdisease.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> All right, it, we have come down to the last few seconds of the show. If people want to find out more about you, where do they go? Uh, they can go on Twitter and follow me at Positive Pitch, or they can find more information by going to posim.com or .org. All right, and for me, they can go to Aaron Laxon across all social media uh, or my HIV journey on uh, YouTube. And until next week, do you have any parting words? No, just have a great week, and we will talk to you next week when um, we have uh, talk about HIV, father uh, and child transmission. So join us next week for important conversation. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Good night. We hope you enjoyed this week's Pause I Am radio program. We want to encourage you to listen each and every Sunday evening for Pause I Am and Pause 2.0. It's not the pause you used to know. Brand new format, brand new guests, and a brand new encouragement coming your way each and every Sunday. We want to encourage you to check us out on social media. Uh, you can find myself, Aaron Laxon, and Robert Brining both on Facebook and Twitter. You may also like the Facebook page, Pause I Am Radio. Be sure to go on there like that. Stay up to date on what's going on in your community and the HIV community. If you haven't done so, also be sure to go to www.pauseim.org and join the online community. There's no reason to be alone in your diagnosis in HIV. We're here for you. There's others here for you. Until next week, my name's Aaron Laxton. I get the pleasure of signing off for my dear friend and co-host, Robert Brining. Remember, each one of you makes the community you live in. Make it a great one. Do something positive.